Hello, sports historians. Welcome to episode 68 of our video podcast. This is Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. The tables get turned. Well, the chairs get turned anyways. I am sitting in as the guest and Chris Allport from our Burbank studio, Alpha Command Unit. The man himself will be sitting in the interviewer chair and we'll be doing a review and a preview. We hope you enjoy. I'm a Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan, one that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast. Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. What kind of equipment are you searching for? Well, we just introduced a whole new bill mm. <laughs> to update the Alpha Command Unit's post-production mm. division nice. so that we can accommodate a massive amount of video throughput Love it. to render SSDL very quickly. This is, um, this is different being on this side of the game. Yeah. yeah. So that, and it's different for me being on this side of the game, too. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to switch the tables, switch and I'm I'm really excited to be here at the 7428, which I understand there's some. There will be a big announcement. Big announcement and yeah. changes going on as we enter into <laughs> this new phase of 2021. We're yeah. on the dawn of a new horizon. We are. Um, things are changing a lot, and hopefully for the better, um, as we try to bring the pandemic to an end, so we can all get back to doing what we love. But here in the 7428. Uh, there's an incredible amount of legacy and history, mm. uh, trophies, uh, memorials. There are. Um, logos, mm -hmm. tributes. Uh, tell me about the history that has come through the 7428 and, and how the 7428 came to be. Well, came with the place. Um, and so, as a, you know, I've always... Um, Taken, taken up home in garages. As a matter of fact, that was a, a, an extra a, attached garage was my room from the time I was 15, you know, until I was like 20 or so. And um, it was where we ran the Venice Backyard Productions out of there, which, which of course hosted the Venice Backyard Championships. And so garages have always kind of had that mythical place for me to create from. Uh, and so when it came to coming to this house, what really just started in this garage was any and everything that had something to do with Christine and I or, or the kids, Vaughn and Sienna, um, started to just get clipped up on the wall. And then any game, stub ticket. And then it became a place to house um, our trophies, either from our youth or current trophies that were coming in. We, of course, had to create a hierarchy of what trophies got to go in which places and had a little battle on, on that, which was a lot of fun. And it just slowly came to be. And so over time... And when we decided to do the um, the video podcast, it just made sense to do it out of here because it would be a controlled atmosphere, but also it was us. And um, and also one of the guys I looked up to was Mark Marin and what he did with his WTF podcast. And he started out of the garage and he interviewed Barack Obama as a sitting president in his garage. <laughs> and I interviewed the logo of the NBA, Jerry West, out of this garage. So I would like to draw some small link to one of the guys I really admire in the game. Well, I know that you are um, obviously incredibly unique, and you've been 
you've been really bringing this Lenin style, you know, this Lenin family style that is has found its way into multiple parts of the entertainment industry. You've brought that into sports casting now, and um, I, I know for well from what I've read, you've started this uh, really when you were a teenager, is when the seeds of this podcasts were actually planted before podcasting was even a thing sure little did you know fast forward a few decades that you would be the voice of all of these incredible people um getting that you've gotten to to really help them tell their story ranging from olympic gold medal winners to icons like jerry west and bob klein um and sam lagana sure well, in I think it comes with the territory and being a Lennon. Um, you know, it's I, I, like I never knew my grandfather, but he was a promoter. He got pulled out of the Midwest to come out and um, and, and be a promotional entity for Louis B. Mayer and his productions. Thomas Ince himself pulled him out of the Midwest to come out and settle in Venice and promote movie stars and for the silence. So um, I think you know it started there, and he certainly taught his boys how to sing, and they were the Lennon brothers who, in turn. One of them taught the Lennon sisters how to sing. So it's always being in front of a microphone was a thing. But where my particular part of that was, was started was when we started our Venice Backyard Championships out of, out of my mom's backyard, which is the backyard, my garage, uh, my back garage. And when we started there, first thing we did, didn't matter how many people were there, we put up the uh, speaker and the, and the microphone so that we could call the play-by-play or we could point out the unique and fun things about all of the participants. So... I think it just came with the territory in Vienna Lennon. Um, it, you know, and, and it reminded me of something. The very impetus, uh, once we got this started, the first guy I went to was the president and the CEO of the Amateur Athletic Union, and his name's Roger Gowdy. And Roger and I met each other in 94 at the very first beach volleyball tournament that um, Gino Grajeda, Joe Tyndall, and myself put together in San Pedro because we couldn't get a, a, a real beach, so we had to go down to San Pedro and get Carbillo Beach. And, and But Roger came all the way out from Cleveland, and I thought that was so interesting. This guy must be really dedicated. At the time, he was just the chair of volley and the national secretary, and he would eventually rise to those other positions. But he was there at the beginning of that, and that grew into a national tour and, and a significant part of development of beach volleyball. But he was the one I went to to say, hey, I want to get this started, and I want the support of the AAU. And he immediately jumped on board, and he became the first story I told him. Episode number one. Well, I, I really wanted to talk to you a little bit about Roger uh, and his legacy. And something that I know about uh, my family, the Allports, and, and the Lennon family, as well as that we're, uh, we're really good about doing legacy mm. and, and preserving the legacy of, of the people who have been before us, who have paved the way for doing sure. what it is that we do. And um, from what I understand, Roger Gowdy was one of those people for for you, um, his life, his legacy, and I know sadly we've recently lost him. Mm-hmm. Um, how did his his legacy? Well, first of all, when did you become aware of Roger Gowdy and his legacy? Was it before the Cabrillo San Pedro uh, volleyball tournament? Did you know of him then? Or uh, no, I knew he was who we who was our upline guy. He was a volleyball chair. 
And then I was told he was also a national officer. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't, re- I didn't have a true scope of the AAU. But at was time. was it, so the AAU was 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 that on your radar? Is like wow, sure. I need to. You know, the that's AAU was the, part of the Olympic movement. So mm-hmm. or you know, I controlled the Olympic movement for a long time. So I was certainly aware of what the AAU's role in American sport was. And how long has the AAU been around? Since 1888, mm-hmm. and they codified and who, who, sports. Who founded it? It was it was Johnny Sullivan was really as known as the father of it, but. Really what it was for, it was to codify the athletic clubs that were operating uh, primarily in the Northeast, but some in the Midwest. And, and, and so they, that way they'd have a set of rules that weren't regionalized, they were nationalized. Mm-hmm. And from there, it really started to um, plant the seeds for others to look at the rule book and the equipment and for not just those that could afford the athletic clubs to play, but for everybody to play. And it was a really an interesting dynamic how that rolled downhill and then slowly but surely as they went and entered more of the early olympic games which would be like 1912 uh in in 1908 i think and that might have been hosted in the united states so when those started to roll out the au was the one who would run the trials or the tryouts bring the athletes and picked up picked it up and and they really they remained that force until maybe even like the 50s when a United States Olympic Committee was formed. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of changed at that point. But so Raj, so I was aware, well aware, whenever you saw that 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 shield, that was the AAU shield. It would get taken over by the Olympic Games every once in a while, but that was the AAU shield. So I knew Roger was connected to that when he came out. So uh, what year did Roger step up to become president of AAU? And, and what are some of the marks that he left with his legacy upon the AAU? No doubt about it. And, and again, um, you mentioned, I just want to say, you know, RIP to my friend Roger, um, Dr. G, and, uh, and to the family. I mean, the guy was unbelievable. He, he, he really, he, he did so much for the organization, but he did a lot. He was superintendent of two different school districts. He moved a lot of young people forward. Great family, man. I can't, can't say enough about what a great guy Roger Gowdy was. His, um, he really, he, I think the AU was floundering really at that point. I think some of their um, programs were a little bit in trouble. They had last some cachet, and Roger brought a lot of that back. He did, he did an awful lot. I mean, enrollment continued to rise in volleyball, which helped the whole union rise, uh, and he was still in charge of that. He brought the Sullivan Awards, the premier um, athletic amateur awards that's hosted by the AU since 1930. He brought those uh, and put them back. Uh, at the New York Athletic Club in New York. I think that was a big move uh, into the marketplace. And, you know, th- those are just a couple of things, but he also created an international element to the AAU. Uh, he also started to standardize the way um, sports were administrated in different parts. So that helped with enrollment. Um, overseeing 40 sports and 700,000 athletes and volunteers is not easy, but Roger figured out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think he was, he really had a way of managing everything, and that's really yeah. quite a talent. Speaking of uh, the James E. Sullivan Awards, uh, last year uh, SSDL and uh, was was the production company that was yeah. selected to to produce the 90th annual James E. Sullivan Awards, and you were the host. Um, that was uh, a really incredible honor, and 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 that's when you brought me in, right. um, and uh, I started becoming part of the SSDL family. Uh, I was very impressed because there was um, we were right in the beginning of the COVID. Yeah. Um, no, nobody could get together. We still can't really get together. 
Um, but here we had to carry on this 90th annual tradition. So how, how did that come about? Well, it really started with us just getting into production. You know, once Roger gave us the go-ahead, said, yeah, the AU will support you in getting started, um, that's what we did. And you know, I mean, I'll just give you um, some of the stats. I mean, in this past, we dropped our first one, which was a Roger episode, first week, second week of October of 2019. So we've been going at it maybe, you know, 17, 18 months. And uh, we've done 68 video podcasts, 76 live shows. That's what have been in response to the COVID. Um, we were able to then really start to dive in and figure out that virtual interview. And so we created these live shows and like 28 segments, which are really anything from covering the local muralist Jonas Never to things like me being on another podcast show. That's a fair amount of work. But it was early in the live shows where Roger was a guest and a few other heavy hitters were live guests that led him to re one realize we weren't going to New York. Nobody was going to go there for, for these awards. And that two, that we were good enough to uh, try this and put it on. And, and that's what we did. We went live on Facebook with it. I, I want to talk a little bit about being good enough. In uh, in sports, um, right. you either make the shot or you don't. Mm -hmm. um, you either win the game or you don't. Uh, a lot of that applies to uh, the production of te television production and shows as well. You're either good enough to host the show yeah. and carry the show or you can't. So how... Um, how did it come about that you that Roger felt that you have the gravitas um, and and the ability to think on your feet quick enough to be able to host that show? Because that's not an easy task. No, it wasn't. Um, and I got to compliment the wife, Christine, who uh, produced that particular show. And then Marley came in. Marley Rice came in to provide uh, that assist on the other side of the production. So, I mean, it was really team effort. And then bringing you, Jake Downey and bad boy Bobby McCall in. We had a good team, and that made a big difference. But I think what Roger saw was we were jumping in between fun shows, uh, whether that's, you know, some of us, my cousins that started the VBC, to uh, more serious shows with authors, to then a kind of something in between with like a Friday night hosted show. And he saw that we were mastering somewhat the technology. Certainly there were hiccups, but there were hiccups on all kinds of things, whether it was a Tonight Show or the, sports center there were hiccups everywhere there's always a technical glitch and, and and what i've noticed is over the past year or so that we've been looking at what those glitches are and doing whatever we can to overcome those technical challenges yeah. but staying focused on the content which leads me to uh to note on the massive volume of work right that has been turned out of this little studio in the past year there's a massive volume yeah. there, of, there was a of lot episodes. of episodes well you know and and i think the most difficult one and the most one that had the most pressure would have been the solo event awards mm -hmm. because we were falling in line every other that we're the 90th 90th you know for, it goes back to 1930 you know it's, it's crazy to think of that's bobby jones in 1930 but you could tick off some of the greatest american sports heroes ever had won that award and we were coming in where trevor lawrence the uh, heisman candidate going to be at the top draft of the pick was nominated and then the, the winners were spencer lee one of the great wrestlers of all time and sabrina inescu who you know who was one of the great women basketball players of all time, yeah. let alone we interviewed, I think it was 10 um, of the what would be the finalists and went to all of their respective spots with a, with a quick interview with each of them and a video highlight film on each of them. And we basically went through that without a hitch. I think the only one was, was Sabrina and she got back up and running. And I, to me, that was a, a minor miracle. Obviously, you've been broadcasting on YouTube since the beginning sure. um, and bringing in fans through Facebook and Twitter and, and having your polls on Twitter. Sure. 
Um, but uh, a few months ago, um, the High School Narrative app approached Sports Stories with it, Denny You Lennon. know, actually, it was, it was closer to when the Sullivans happened because I think that's how we came on their radar mm-hmm. was they noticed that we were putting out these other shows uh, some of the live shows, but they got wind of us through, I think, an interview I did about the Sullivan Awards or something. Mm-hmm. And, and he reached out to somebody, reached out to somebody. And, and the High School Narrative is an OTT app, which allows us to distribute our material not only to their app, but via their app to like Roku and, and, and to Apple TV and to a few other of those OTT apps, which really got us into a whole different place, you know, because we know most people are going to view their content on their phone. And, and that's where most of them are comfortable. And then from that, Chris, it led to LA 36, uh, the cable TV that distributes to like eight, nine million homes out in Los Angeles County to approach and say, we'd like that show on as well with some of the other content. Okay, tell me um, like three of your favorite live shows. I love the one where we had uh, my cousin, uh, Jimmy Lennon Jr., uh, uh, Hall of Fame ring announcer. And he was on, in the same show, Chris McGee, the um, former AVP announcer, but now the host of the Lakers show. All right, so Chris McGee introduced... Bucket. That guy, that guy, that's the guy. <laughs> so Chris McGee, the East Bay champion, introduces Jimmy Lennon Jr. to the show, who in turn brought on Ray Boom Boom Mancini, you know, world champion boxer. And it was so cool to have those three uh, on, on the same show at one point. So that one I liked. Um, having Rudy Tom Tomjanovich who just got elected to the NBA Basketball Hall of Fame, and he had to figure out how to get on via his phone because we had some technical issues, but he well, never the, I think up. those technical issues were on were on his end because he was on the internet connection. I got to say this about the guy. The guy never gave up, and he was such a polite man all the way through. Hey, man, you just get into incredible. the NBA Hall of Fame. He was such a cool guy all the way through. And then I really enjoy because, you know, having a, a history in beach volleyball, having Sinjin Smith and Jim Mingus on the same show – and to beach volleyball people, that's like, you know, everybody kind of recognizes the name of Sinjin, but beach. Jim Mangus is the one who really was one of the original kings of the beach. And kings to have both beach. those guys on the same show was pretty cool. So, you know, but I won't, I, I can't overlook like a show like with Neil Everett, the ESPN anchor. He's hilarious. He's got so many catchphrases. That was what, or Mark Steinis, who, you know, made his bones on, on ETV, but hosts the Rose Parade every year. And he has an athletic background as well. Finally, you know, the ones I really got to say is like Ella Parker. She's going to be one of the great softball players in the country. And we had her on. And these these are some of the preps to Olympians that we and put the focus is, on. who is her? So uncle? her uncle is um, Dave Roberts, the uh, manager of the Dodgers. And Ella's going to be unbelievable. We had on Juju Watkins. And we'll be covering her more in depth with a video podcast this coming year. But Juju, uh, state player of the year as a ninth grader. That's like ridiculous. She's going to, I think, transform that game. Uh, somebody like Aaliyah Johnson, a, a track star out of Texas, who is just setting records left and right. That's more than three. So that's a lot. <laughs> I, I, I know I get excited about those shows because it's really fun to have th- them on our show. So last last season, um, we had a couple of formats. So we had the live shows and then we had the video podcast. The video so podcast. what are some of your three favorite video podcasts? I'm going to go with my final four. Okay. Final four. And, and this isn't easy because we've had some good ones. But yeah. Norm Bass. Yeah. Okay. Interviewed him over at the coffee company right near LAX, and that's his favorite place. Norm was the first black American to play pro baseball and pro football. Um, he eventually got eliminated from sport for those reasons because of rheumatoid arthritis, undiagnosed. Mm. And he was bitter about 
leaving sports at 25, 26 years old when he's that great of an athlete. He eventually found his way back to some kind of redemption with his life through table tennis that he picked up later in life. And by the age of 60, Norm won the bronze medal as a Paralympic athlete at the Sydney Games. Now, those are all great athletic achievements, but the guy is even funnier than he was great as an athlete. He, he, I would compare him to Muhammad Ali in the way he woofed it up and, and bragged about himself and Red Fox as far as his biting humor. Mm. Like, he was so much fun, and he had such a unique part. So, Norm, really a favorite. Karch Karai, who, I mean, coming up, Karch Karai identified himself as a great athlete and not just a great volleyball player. Mm-hmm. And for men playing volleyball, that was a little bit different. It wasn't always thought upon as a men's sport. It was thought upon more as a women's sport. But when he came in second place, should have won first at the Superstars competition, you knew what great athlete he was in Karch, winning two indoor gold medals and one beach medal in, in the most pro beach tournaments ever. Cemented his name as, a, and he's, as the greatest volleyball player ever. And he now is the Olympic women's Coach, I mean, unbelievable. I loved getting that. That one really got us a lot of traction. The others would be when I was a little kid and I was in my backyard, I would throw the football up in the air and I'd dive and catch it. And I'll call out Bob Klein because Bob Klein was the tight end for the Rams. And I just knew he was just, he was just holding that spot till I got to the Rams. And then I would take over for him. <laughs> and having that boyhood hero of mine come on the show, learning so much about his years at USC and being a national champion, blocking for OJ catching touchdowns on those Rose Bowl teams. That was insane. And we interviewed him over at a Casablanca restaurant, which was shot. And this is, you know, you, you and Bad Boy and Allport Productions just put on a cinematic show with that one. And then the last one was the most recent one, which he came over here and set up in this garage, the same garage that hosted the 90th AAU Sullivan Awards at Jerry West. Come on now. Jerry West, the logo of the NBA. I mean, the, pretty yeah, incredible. you could argue he's the greatest Laker of them all. You could... You could say, you know, being a, a state champion in high school, uh, runner-up in, in college, NCAAs, a gold medal, followed by, you know, eventually leading the Lakers to that NBA and he title. Was, both he and Bob Klein, I mean, they were just such gentlemen and so humble. And, and what was exciting to me is that we were just having a conversation, yeah. you know, with them. And it was, it was very down-to-earth with both just of them. Every once in a while, you know, sitting where you are and Jerry West was sitting where I am, I would just look up and I'd be like, that's Jerry F. and West. Jeez, you know, I mean, the guy is like so legendary. So SSDL is really generating this massive uh, <laughs> empire yeah. or at least a cult following. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I was I went to CVS the other day, you know, by the airport and I, you know, I parked in the lot and there's like an SSDL sticker that's like on that somebody had like, bam, put on the post, yep. the light mm-hmm. post. That's pretty cool. So, but in addition to the cult following, even standard media is picking up what Sports Stories with Mm -hmm. Denny Lennon is Mm -hmm. doing. I know that um, uh, the work of SSDL was recognized by uh, newspapers like the Pali Post, um, who published works, uh, the uh, the works that you had done on Sam Lagana, Bob Klein, and Jerry West. So tell tell me a bit about the Pali Post. Well, it it, it was pretty cool because they first picked us up when we interviewed uh, Sam Lagana. And uh, he's a longtime Palisades uh, family that the, has been there. And Sam Lagana, the voice of the uh, Rams at SoFi Stadium and various other things, has, um, and they, they took the transcript and, and put it in there. And I said, please. And it was great to get that. And so they followed up with Bob Klein, who also lives in the Palisades. And it so happened that Jerry West had a place in the Palisades. So all of them connected. But what was great 
was just to see in the kind of media that I grew up on, reading a newspaper, uh, being recognized with, with this new kind of media. And, and yeah, and, and you know what? Um, when you mentioned that cult following, um, I, I would say, yeah, well, my family's big enough to form a cult, so that's good. <laughs> and the other thing is, if I didn't have my best friend, uh, Ray Castro, performing as the box cobbler, uh, you know, who knows if we would ever got anything off the ground. And I, I, I just got to ask, this box cobbler bit is pretty damn funny. And my favorite one is that you're watching the sports yes. stories with Danny Lennon. So yes. I, I pray for each and every one. He, he does this thing mm. where he's like this fat little Pope mm. character. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, where did the box cobbler come from? Like, where did you find this guy? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of people ask that. Um, but, uh, you know, I grew up with them. I, I knew him since first, second grade. I'm and, sorry. Uh, yeah, you know, I, so I, I, I wore that. I took that. I took that bullet. And so um, it was it was a natural because he's such a character. Is it okay if we time. make fun of him a little oh, bit here, roast him a little bit? That's important. Okay. Um, one of the things about podcasting that is interesting and drew me to it was that you can interject your, what is important to you. You don't have to homogenize it like you would for a mainstream media channel. And it can be unique. It can be what it is. And so family has been central to this. So my daughter, Sienna, has constantly shot photography behind the scenes. Marley, who's she and I have been in this from the start, of course. And and Marley, I've known since she was five years old. She might as well be family. She might as well be my daughter. But her her dad might not give her up that easy. And then my wife, Christine. I don't know. I heard heard something different. He might might put her on. He had too many girls. I could maybe trade trade my son. Um, And then... You know, Christine, uh, my wife, immediately figured out all the technology and how to do the live shows right away. And she and I, you know, when the COVID first hit and Marley unavailable to come over, she was easily picked up as a producer. So it's been a family thing, right? And 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 that lend itself to Ray coming in. That lend itself to me reconnecting with a kid I used to coach in school who now runs Casablanca Restaurant, which led to his daughter, Alexandria, being somebody who would interview authors on our show. And all of that unique to the to the life that I built, Venice and St. Mark and beyond in that community, it just made kind of made sense. And I like that side of it. And that's and that's where Ray fits in because I had to give him a spot or else I'd have yeah, I'd have a media. And now also I've heard that we've been nominated for a Dosi Award. We have. Which is fun. And I it was for a twenty twenty uh, best video podcast series, a CIC uh, Dosin Award. Um, they because the Jerry West four parter was split at the end of twenty and beginning of twenty one. Um, they they considered it a twenty, and it was one of their last nominated video podcast series. So that is great. Uh, we know there's some other great ones up there, and we'll be happy. But in the meantime, we're also taking that same series and 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 getting it out for your consideration to other uh, outlets for other awards because we feel it's really strong, and um, and and we're fortunate to shoot off of your special effects screen out of the um, the Burbank ACU Alpha Command Unit studio. And I think we really were able to put something together that, you know, it was it was nice to, to be recognized by the by the docents. So uh, what's next for SSDL? Is it Kareem? Is it Jeannie Buss? Is, who, mm. Who's what well, what's on the horizon for our next se- our second season? So there, there's a couple things that are next in and um first like i mentioned coach wood and the great ucla coach i just want to say he talked about something he was like not all change is progress but progress requires change Mm -hmm. and and i've always felt that and so 
We always want to be on the cusp. But now, that said, uh, I first want to recognize um, a member of the family that we lost, that we also lost recently, and that was Buck Magic Lennon, our faithful golden retriever, who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think was 12 years old at his death. And he, he was on his last legs with a tumor, but he was always sitting right here in the studio. And we have him, of course, kicking it out after a triumphant uh, movement in the backyard. And, and Kick It Out Buck became our sign-off. And so we loved us some Kick It Out Buck. And that said, what we're going to do is we're going to name this the, uh, the Kick It Out Buck Studio. So we'll probably go by the Buck Studio now moving forward. And Marley came up with a good tagline, which, where magic happens because we, in fact, named him Magic Buck Lennon after Magic, Lennon, uh, after Magic Johnson of the Lakers, who his coach, Pat Riley, used to call Buck to get him to play even tougher. And so anyhow, um, we're sad that the Buck, and, and for Christmas, look, my daughter got me that. And this is Buck right here. How could you not? Look, he's a member of the family. And we're going to miss the Buckster. Um, but that said, we'll remember him because Kick It Out Buck will always remain at the end of all our productions. And, and we'll rename this the Buck Studios now. Such a great guy. I mean, he was always right here next to us. Always. And just had just to be part of had, had the to, action. Yeah. A little bit of contact. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that said, part of this progress requires, I mean, is, is moving us into the Burbank Alpha Command Unit Studio. Like, that's awesome resource. Mm-hmm. So as we go to shoot our live shows, which we'll also tweak, um, some of them very well could be sh- shot out of here, the Buck Studio, but some of them could be shot in Burbank as well. Which will be great. And we're going to try, as you talk about what it is moving forward, I can anticipate some of the guests I know who some are going to be that we've already bagged. But what I think the, the live shows, what was our prep to Olympians show, will remain in intact. Whether that's the name or not moving forward, we'll see. But we're going to shoot it a little tighter with better production. And I think that's going to be important. We're still going to have our host of correspondents. Alexander's not going anywhere. Box cobbler still be <clears throat> part of the process. And then we're also going to have people like I'm reaching out to a aspiring broadcaster, podcaster on the East Coast named Brandon. Some of them already know him from our show. He's going to give us some updates of what's going on in North Carolina. We're also going to have um, an author who's written some great books who's going to jump in and a comedian who's going to jump in. And, and all of those combined, I think we're going to tighten up. We're going to have segments. And it's going to be a slicker show. It'll give us an opportunity to market it beyond YouTube, beyond LA 36. That'll be our live shows. And our video podcast, yeah, I'm after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'd love it. I'd love to sit down with Jeannie Buss. I think she's dynamic, and it'll be a great great time uh, sitting down with her. But what we do know, we already done an interview with Juju Watkins, the Sports Illustrated Kid of the Year uh, for 2020, and we'll be releasing that soon enough. And uh, we're looking to do a story on St. Bernard High School, which I went to, but it was at the top bottom and it's risen again and that's a great story for how sports can help move a school forward uh, i'm looking forward to that one you know we have we have some other ones we're sitting on uh that, that that i think we can push out that'll be strong too so uh i know that uh in the vault um ssdl has a lot of incredible footage that mm-hmm. we haven't seen yet that's right uh, some of which we have seen but we might go into more detail uh, right. others that hasn't been seen at all um Tell me about some of the existing footage that we're going to get into in this coming season. We have um, one of the things we explored in very short 11 episodes was in regards to that Venice Backyard Championship, what I talked about. I have a lot more footage than was shown uh, on those 11 episodes I did with my cousins, which tended to get off the rails a little bit and 
some fun jocularity. But that said, we have some pretty cool footage where I think a really great story can be told of the uh, of the meeting of the sport of volleyball, of the city of Venice, of the 80s, and how all of that played out into this legendary event, right? So I'm sitting on a lot of archives there, sitting on other archives that have to do with the other places I've been in, whether that's Women's Pro Beach Volleyball, administrating high school, uh, elementary schools. Um, yeah, they're there. How do you see uh, our live shows uh, being different in the new season? Yeah, right? So I think the way the live shows are going to be a little bit different is we're going to lean on, we're going to have a guest, certainly, but we're going to lean more on correspondents uh, and contributors in a quicker fashion that I think is going to make for a, a wider, uh, like a wider palette of fun. Snap, that, a snappier a show. A snappier show. That we wouldn't a really necessarily big show be, for you tonight. The, the video podcast, that, so I, would, I always kind of said, like, the video podcast is kind of like 60 minutes, and, and I want the live shows to be much closer to a, you know, like a Tonight Show. I, I used to love mm. the Johnny Carson show way back when, and I want that. I want a panel. I want, I want a few different contributors because Johnny was at his best when his guest was making Johnny crack up. Yeah. And that's what I, I'm looking for. One thing before I, I get into our sort of uh, dessert questions, um, what about um, civil rights? Um, you know, Jerry West was always a friend of the civil rights movement. How how can SSDL also be a friend to the civil rights movement? Well, I think just through telling, like you mentioned with Jerry West, just you know, telling his story uh, is 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 going to be um, look at what. Brendan Ayamandejo, telling his story. Terry Gilliam, telling his story. Those people, their stories are the stories of what people are doing in civil rights. I know one place where we want to improve. For instance, on our live shows, we've done a really good job of showing young female athletes that are achieving at a high level, as we have with young boy athletes. What we're going to do is tell more interesting and uplifting stories about female athletes that either were or are now at the professional Olympic ranks. And I think that also can um, serve as an example for what young women can look up, look to be. So that's an area that, that we're gonna get better at uh, is, is with that. I think there's some unbelievable stories out there. I think the fact that we've interviewed a guy like Jerry West or somebody gives you a little cachet to hopefully get a Billie Jean King. Mm. Somebody like that, I think that's our role. And we've always got Alexandria. And Alexandria, we got to play that card. We'll play that card. She's a quick character. I mean, you know, this what is she, 10, 11 years old? She's, she's interviewing these authors. I mean, that's pretty she cool. She can do it. Yes. She's funny. She can do it. Okay, dessert. Uh, favorite logo? In all of sport? Mm -hmm. Interlocking LA. Favorite food? My wife's lasagna. Uh, I guess we've already covered favorite guest, really. But just, I, I don't know, favorite guest, one. Well, I'll go with Norm Bass. Hmm? Favorite SSDL employee? Ooh. <laughs> Let's see. Man, that is a rough one. Ooh, considering on everybody is um, considering <laughs> that everybody uh, is working for the same rate, thus nobody's considered an employee, I'll go with Buck. <laughs> now that is a fantastic <laughs> politically correct response. Uh, okay, f uh, final question. Favorite SSDL fan? Oh, well, he's going to become part of our group. Wow. This is hard to overlook my brother, Bobby. 
because mm-hmm. my brother Bobby has been there from the start. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, when we very first started, his wife shot me a picture and showed him just sitting out and he's just enjoying uh, a cigar and he's watching on his computer. And I'm like, he's 18 years older than I am. And I, I missed him. He was in Vietnam when I was mm-hmm. really forming a part of me growing up. Mm-hmm. And I was like so proud that, that he did that. So brother Bobby's way up there. But Brandon's coming on strong out of North Carolina. I love me some Brandon. <laughs> and uh, and when he asked me how how's the empire going or how do you, how do you build this empire, I thought I like your language. I like your language. I want to bring you on board because that empiring is what we're trying to do. Questions, comments, concerns? Oh, no questions, no comments, no congrats, concerns. Congrats, Jeannie West driver. <laughs> she did. Jeannie West driver's been there from the start. Thank you, Denny. It's been a pleasure and an honor. I I think it takes a lot of. Um, uh, chutzpah to turn it around and be the the guest so i would uh, like to compliment myself on my self-confidence in being the guest <laughs> incredible thanks guys all right we're all right. hey everyone make sure you guys are following us on all of our audio platforms youtube subscribe leave some comments it'll really help us grow the show and we hope to bring you way more content in this upcoming 2021 Thanks for watching and listening. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is produced by Christine Jinvo and me, Marley Rice. Directed by Chris M. Alport with studio support from Alpha Command Unit and shot by bad boy Bobby McCall. Original music courtesy of Lennon Music Production and original images courtesy of Sienna Lennon Photography. A big thank you to all of our contributors. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc., You can find us on audio platforms everywhere and the High School Narrative iOS app. You can also view Denny's shows on Roku, Apple TV, and Fire TV. Make sure to press that subscribe button, give us a review, leave a comment. It will really help us grow the show. Hey, you know what else would help us grow the show? Hustle on over to patreon.com slash Denny Lennon to get some never-before-seen videos, pictures, interviews, and more. We are all over social media and constantly sending out clips on Facebook, conducting fun polls on Twitter, going live on Instagram, and more. To find all our social media links, hustle on over to sportsstoriesdl.com. SSDL proudly supports the My Stuff Bags Foundation and the Heroes Movement. The My Stuff Bags Foundation, with the help of thousands of people across the country, provides children in unfortunate situations with new belongings and new hope through its innovative My Stuff Bags program. Heroes Movement is a nonprofit that bridges the gap from therapy to getting strong again through small group workouts for any veteran of the United States Armed Forces for free. Links to how you can support and help these foundations can be found on our website. We want to give a big thank you to our partners of the show. So, as Coach Lennon would say, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, Marley, at info at sportsstoriespodcast.com. Sports Stories thanks all of our followers and listeners. And we will will see see you you next time. time. Hey, thanks, Marley. Thanks, Chris. We like to see sports stories on a Thursday night with Danny Lennon. God bless everyone. Kick it out, book!